Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori ki te reo erirangi o Aotearoa. I'm Alison Balance, and this is Our Changing World on RNZ National. Now, four years ago saw the launch of 11 National Science Challenges. These are large, collaborative programmes that together have more than a billion dollars of funding over 10 years. They involve researchers from different institutions... Oh, sorry, that was a bit heavy. My headphones are making a noise funding over 10 years. They involve researchers from different institutions working together on New Zealand issues. The Science for Technological Innovation National Science Challenge was tasked with tackling high-tech challenges to grow the economy. One of the areas they're focusing on is smart, green manufacturing processes and materials. I'm off to Scion in Rotorua to meet Mark Gaugler and Florian Grecken to find out about one of the research programmes. We are here in our chemistry laboratory um, looking at our 3D printing suite equipped with a number of 3D printers for different techniques, different types of materials and bringing together very interesting capabilities from polymer processing and also from our material side. Do I take it from that that you're working on the things that you can put into your 3D printer as much as the things that come out the other end? Absolutely. So what we try to combine is uh, additive manufacturing, which is fantastic technology for a country like New Zealand, being isolated, reliant on on import. Additive manufacturing allows the, the possibility to go more into onshore manufacturing, manufacturing in the right quantity, but also manufacturing in the regions. Like Rotorua, you, can, you don't have to have a big hub. Um, the other part that it, it allows is this, this great potential to use natural polymers, material that is grown in New Zealand, so manufacturing in New Zealand with material that comes from New Zealand. I've been at Scion for a day and I've been hearing about all sorts of things like bioplastics and bioadhesives and alternative uses for wood, basically, and wood byproducts. So those are the sorts of things that interest you? Yes, biomaterials and bioproducts coming from a tree but not limited to a tree. So for us, the important part is what is the product meant to be and meant to do and then work backwards to what is the best feedstock. The other element is the end-of-life consideration. Should it be recyclable? Should it be degradable? So that comes into that as well. And then, very important, the reason why we also do the um, biopolymers work is we are after performance or after things that a conventional polymer can't offer. As an example, uh, Scion is part of the National Science Challenge for Technological Innovation and there specifically the area of 3D and 4D printing. That's a multi-party initiative in New Zealand and we are looking at uh, products like prosthesis where the strength of a prosthesis can change over time 
and, and adjust to different conditions or material that can respond to pressure, to light, any type of external stimuli, so you're not, you're not set into just one shape or one form. And that's what that 4D printing is, this printing with responsive material, material that can change and re respond and react to an external stimuli. Well, one example would be, for example, what Florian said, a fin um, that reacts to moisture. So if you had a prosthetic limb, that fin is rock solid. As long as you walk on the ground, you're away from the change room to the pool, you can walk easily. As soon as you get into the water, that fin will soften up and is like a dolphin fin and help someone swim. A big advantage of, of additive manufacturing and 3D printing is the ability to customize and individualize. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be a mass-produced uh, item anymore. It, production quantity is one. The other elements then, in, in what Mark spoke about, is the closer things are to your body, be clothing, be wearables, um, the, the consideration of is it from nature, is it benign, is it non-toxic, becomes really important. You've got a 3D printer you can show me. All these three ones are what's called FDM printer, fused deposition modeling. They use a plastic strand. It's a fairly simple technology. You've got a polymer that's fed into a a heated head and when the polymer goes through it melts all the printer does is basically what your home printer does with ink and paper you've got a substrate the ink is put onto the paper here it is a glass substrate and the polymer melt is put onto the glass the only difference which makes it 3d is that the glass drops down and you're writing layer by layer and it builds up a model from the bottom up For mass production, um, the speed of how fast you make your materials is not there yet, um, but it's getting there, and the flexibility is unmatched. Um, if you want to make a chess piece today, you make your chess piece. The next thing could be the cast for your arm. The next thing could be a prosthetic limb. So that sort of flexibility um, is what counts in 3D printing. So where are you at in terms of developing potential new plastics that you could use for these? So uh, Scion worked together with uh, Imagine Plastics to bring a range of, of wood-filled filaments on the market. So now this is 3D printing filament with New Zealand pine uh, incorporated in it and um, yeah, now readily available on the, on the shelf. So it's, it's a nice first example what is possible suddenly with, uh, in the 3D printing area in the 3D printing market. The other thing that we're doing in-house is turning wood into plastics. So we use the wood, we'll break it down, break the structure of the wood, the cellulose down into sugars. And uh, there is bacteria that then feed on the sugar and just like humans store fat, these bacteria store polymer inside of them. And we can process the bacterial biomass or the polymer inside those bacteria and make 3D printing filament out of them, for example. In terms of the 4D things, that things that change over time, what's it going to take to create those? 4D or materials, responsive materials exist, but nearly all of them are not bio-based. So the, the uniqueness of, of Scion and our partners in the National Science Challenge are targeting is to, to utilize bio-based materials for this 4D effect. And, and the reason for that is if you, look at, if you look at nature or polymers in nature, they are highly functionalized and they have a lot of opportunities to respond. So there is 
a great opportunity not to, to do additional work or additional chemistry to it, but to really build on what's, what's given by nature and, and utilize it to its maximum potential. What you see in our, in our lab is, is benchtop type 3D printing, and you would see these people have them at home, people have them at school. So the next level is, is printing at much larger scale. Um, so there is, we're talking about architecture, we're talking about features that are printed in, in cubic meter size. The other end of the spectrum is, is voxel printing, so going down to the smallest, essentially nearly molecular level and printing at such high resolution and customizing, um, also with multi-material printing. So to combining not only one material that you see here, but several materials to, to get to a certain function. Speed is the other thing that people are currently working on. Um, so as 3D printing is slightly slower than some other technologies, but people work on having factories that have multiple 3D printers or 3D printers in line. So as one finishes, um, the next one goes online and starts to print their part. So if you had enough of these units, you can print still a good amount of, of different samples. It's already done a lot in metal printing, for example. So you can use metals as print materials where you, as Florian said, print in cubic meters. You can print hundreds of pieces. Each can be different from the other. You're not limited to design there. More and more designers also start to include this um, end-of-life design very early on. So traditionally, um, a lot of products were made to function, but the end-of-life consideration was never given. So we are, we are ending up with products and material that we still don't know how to deal with. Whereas in this, in this concept, now designers very, very early on bring that thought process in to say, where is it used? How do I reassemble or disassemble it? And these are also elements on, on printing in larger scale obviously become very, very important where printing, printing concepts such as freeform printing, so printing without any support structure is really critical because suddenly the um, amount of material not used is really important. Have you got some exciting new materials in the pipeline? We've developed some very New Zealand-specific or Kiviana type materials. So one example is utilizing PowerShell as a filler in 3D printing material. So it's a beautiful circular economy story, working with companies that produce power or export power, but are left with tons and tons of the shell. So where we looked at it, can we use that as a filler in the, in the polymer? One hand, you use less of the polymer, so that's a tick, big environmental uh, benefit. But also the story is, is, a, is a great story that your object contains 20, 30 percent of power. And going forward, what we are really interested in there is power is known for its iridescence and beauty, to capture that iridescence and beauty then in the 3D printed object. So that's, that's one example. The other one is um, the utilization of harakiki fiber. Ah, flex. So flex, so harakiki, New Zealand fiber, and again, utilizing the New Zealand resource, in this case, the, the fiber, combining it with biopolymer and printing it. We've done a number of not 3D printed applications of it in the, in the past, 
but now we're taking it forward as a, as a 3D printing material. So lots of exciting things coming out. Yes, it's a growing area, rapidly growing area, and the really nice thing is that experimenting, trying new materials, you can immediately test it as a, as a product or a product concept. So the, the speed to market, using it both as a, as a prototyping but also manufacturing tool offers great opportunities. Thanks, Florian. That was Florian Grecken and Mark Gaugler, who are both at Scion. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 6th of September 2018. Our webpage is rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, and you can do all sorts of things there. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, find our contact details, and browse through our very large audio archive, which goes back 13 years. That should keep you busy for a while. We are RNZ Our Changing World on your favourite podcast provider and you can also find us on the RNZ app. Stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook where we are RNZ Science. Bye for now. Ka kite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.